If you've been a renter, you know it's stressful to find the perfect place. But Zillow Rentals make it easy. They have filters for pretty much everything. So you can find a rental that's big enough for entertaining your friends, but small enough they won't crash all weekend. Find your sweet spot on ZillowRentals.com. This episode of the GC Sunscast is brought to you by our Patreon donors. Old Soul, Jack's Dad, Paul Vosti, Chris Moore, Tom Kim and James Wood. If you'd like to support the show, head on over to patreon.com forward slash GC Sunscast and donate. If you can't afford it, don't worry. Head on over to our Facebook and YouTube, like and subscribe, or check us out on Twitter at GC Sunscast. But now let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to the GC Sunscast, the Gold Coast Suns show by fans for fans. I'm your host Shane and joining me on the phone is Tom and we love this team as I take a quote from our man Tom and his Facebook celebrity status. Oh yeah, I got, I got two seconds on a, on a montage. You got the match ball. You, yes. were, you were like a little kid opening up his Easter eggs early. Yes, well, after a horrendous week last week, coming down with a bit of a flu and uh, food poisoning symptoms, I bounced back and recovered in time to go to the game on Carlton and on Sunday, and uh, yeah, just calmer, I guess, came back and I was rewarded with the match ball, and let me tell you, sitting, uh, standing at the boundary line in those final minutes... Uh, at first, I was wondering whether I even wanted the match ball because it looked like Carlton would get over the top. But, um, <laughs> oh, my God, it's so surreal. The vibe, the just it feels like I was being punched in the gut by the, the vibe that you're getting from all the players. The coaches, the Carlton coach, was, was screaming at each other. Um, yeah. And just the thunderous applause and roar from the crowd. You can really hear it down at ground level. It sounds un amazing absolutely amazing all right well we've got a lot to talk about so let's jump straight into it we've in the last two weeks since our last episode uh the afl women's sons team has started signing up players so there's actually, ever? there's actually a really long list and a lot of these players are from brisbane so unfortunately for our uptown rivals they're looking a lot weaker, but at the same time, I've gone over the uh, the names, and none of them are in their top ten best and fairest from this this year. So I don't think it's going to have a huge impact on the on field for them. It's probably more of their depth, and it's being taken away. So I'll just go over these names. We've got Jamie Stanton. She came from North Melbourne, inside midfielder. We've got Tory Groves Little. Uh, from Brisbane, 18-year-old midfielder. Uh, Paige Parker, 23-year-old halfback winger from Brisbane. Tiana Ernest, 31-year-old defender from the Western Bulldogs. Jackie Yorston, an inside midfielder from Brisbane. Sam Virgo, a 32-year-old defender from Brisbane. And then we've got the Brisbane running halfbackman, Emma Pittman. She's also experienced. I don't have her age in front of me. We've got Lauren Bella, a young ruckman coming from Brisbane as well. Ruck woman. Ruck woman, sorry. And the biggest coup is 
the Brisbane Lions captain, Emma uh, Leah Kassler, also known as Xena Warrior Princess. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, you know, she may not be featuring in the best and fairest, but leadership is something that you can't you, you can't buy. And all of these players have some sort of connection to the Gold Coast or Queensland or um, a couple of them for, from far north Queensland. So they, they sort of felt a loyalty to the Suns because that's now the Suns' recruitment zone. So, you know, it's really great. Uh, there, there is a protection for the Lions in place. They, the Lions are only allowed to lose eight players. So That's that, eight uh, players without compensation. If any other players wish to go then a trade would need to be negotiated. Oh, yeah. And sorry, I should mention it. You should, yeah, you're quite right in that. Now, the reason it's eight players is because it's a two-state, two-team state. Um, Frio have also got this eight players. All the other teams, there are, it's only four players because they've all got equalisation with, with other teams and all the rest of it. So, Or they don't have another team in the case of um, Greater Western Sydney. Um, so, so Brisbane... Will, you know, Brisbane have been taking our juniors because we haven't had a senior team, and so now this is just a bit of a payback. So, what one thing's for sure is that the women's Q clash is going to have instant spice, instant. You know, you 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 can just imagine it's what it's like for the. It took a few years for the men's games to really get get that that sort of added. Um, you know. Uh, je ne sais quoi, as the French would say. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I can't wait. It's, it's going to be another ten months. But the best thing about it is that we'll be able to follow a Suns team in January. Yeah, we'll have a bit more to talk about when we come back. We'll probably have to come back earlier than what we did yeah. this year. We'll have to come back at the start of January, probably. Um, yeah. yeah. So I mean, looking at the demographics and the age group, like you said, they're all coming from our academy or from up north where the Suns have had a hand in uh, developing talent. Um, so that's really good to see. We've got a couple of senior bodies there, uh, Leah Kasler and uh, Sam Virgo, that are moving down here for coaching purposes as well. So they've, they're going to have a hand in bringing up these girls, giving them role models and helping them fit that professional athlete life um and there seems to be a good range of positions as well as age group you know we've got the young 18 year olds coming in we've also got the you know the experienced 30 year olds and we've got a couple of players in their mid-20s so it's a nice nice uh, split yeah absolutely there, there's a um, there's a premiership player from the Bulldogs, so that's a, another bit of experience there. And she's got a resume, so she doesn't need to worry about her uh, her, her, uh, her her match payments because she's making more than any of the rest of us. So she, uh, but we don't really have time to go through player by player. But I hope uh, as the list sort of develops and as the draft comes in, we can um, at least draw attention to it. The, the, web, the Suns website have been fantastic with it. They, they've had more... AFLW news this week than they've had AFLM news. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely been a lot coming out, and it's, yeah, every time I look at the uh, Suns app, there's always something new, you know, a new AFLW uh, video or announcement. So it's really exciting to see. Um, well, we don't really have much more info on the AFLW at this point in time, but as the year gets on, we're going to do a bit of research in it and pay a bit more attention so that 
come January next year, we'll be able to talk with a bit more knowledge about it for our, our listeners and fans. But let's move on to the Academy results. Tom, do you want to take us away with this one, Tom? Yes. Well, the, the, uh, the, the Suns Academy under-18s are officially top of the table of the NAB League after their third win in a row against Oakley Chargers. Uh, it was a flogging in the end. It was, it was um, like 71 points or something. Um, look, it must be said that the uh, Vic Metro and Vic Country trial games were on. So it wasn't the best team that Oakley could have put on the park. And that one disappointing factor of that is, is Oakley's actually got two of the highest rated juniors in the country who are both will both go top 10. Um, so, yeah, a bit of a bummer of that, but great that the, the, the Suns boys just got out there. I happened to go and see the game the week before against the Brisbane Lions, and I'll tell you one thing. They sang the song in the sheds after the game with as much passion as the senior team, if possibly even a little bit more. Um, they are a very good team. They are you normally watching under 18s footy you kind of expect there to be you know the talented kids will be running around with the ball all day and the, the rest of them are just there to make it up but this team's just chock full of talent and young they're not all 18 year olds they're 16 17 18 year olds good mix uh we'll have a good team for, for a few seasons to come with this group yeah, definitely. Jump on to the Suns site. I'm pretty sure I've seen some videos as well with some highlights and footage of the game. So you'll get a, a good glimpse of what's coming through the academy for the Suns and a glimpse of our future. I mean, yeah. we've got the uh, brothers. Uh, we've got a Joyce brother, a Crossley brother coming through. We've got uh, Buderick, who's looking amazing as well. Um, Dawson, Ethan Dawson, Dawson. goal kicker. Um, the three, there's three little brothers, um, and and don't forget the PNG whiz Ace, who no one can say his real name. Um, he's and the, if we get four or five of them in the draft, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, um, I mean, are all of them available this year? I thought a few were going to be spread um, out over next some of, year. Some of the better players um, are not. Yeah, you're quite right. Um, Alex Davies, who we've been, I guess we've been looking at for a couple of years as being a very talented junior because he keeps making all Australian lists and all that kind of stuff. Um, he won't be available this year. And another player who is just so impressive for a 16-year-old kid, he's one of the top-rated key defenders in the under-age comp. And this isn't just the you know playing playing against the Lions up the road. This is a th- these are the the premier teams from Victoria, the best in the country. And, you know, they, they have thousands of people going to their games. Um, and our, our players are, are just doing so well against them. And it's just fantastic. Um, I, I, I probably should um, mention the other name, Jack Johnson. He's too young to go through. But, yeah, you got you got it right. But Eric Joyce and uh, Josh Gore is one of the leading goal kickers. And he's 170. He's, he's basically Darcy McPherson proportions. <laughs> <laughs> and he's kicking bags of goals every week. Yeah, well, that's great. And also one of the 19-year-old blokes that uh, you were keen on for the Suns to select in the supplemental period and in the draft, uh, Dirk Conan. <laughs> he's, he's having uh, a good t- game again. Two of them, actually, two of them. Dirk Conan was playing needful, but we've just got this 
this this backlog of tall players, and it's something we've never ever had a problem with. Um, I think we've got something like fifteen players over six foot five. So, how do you fit fifteen players into fifteen players of that height into two teams? And the answer is we don't we don't have the game plan for that. So he was fifteenth man out, and he got kind of relegated in a way. But in, also uh, the the under eighteens have uh, priority. So he played for them. And it was like a man playing amongst the boys. Uh, but though I have two under-19s players who I think we should we should draft. Uh, the other one is Ruckman Matt Conroy, and he's proving to be one of the best in the in the age division as well. So uh, they'll they'll doubtless go on to play for allies. Allies will be finalised. We've already got five players pre-selected for the allies, but there's 20 more spots come up in the in the next couple of couple of weeks. So. I expect to see a couple of guys like Conan and Conroy and perhaps even Lockie McDonald, who I'll talk about in a minute, uh, who played in the NEFL, uh, and, and, and um, Ryan Gilmore. But anyway, yep, now boys, on top of the world. This week they play highly rated Eastern Rangers, um, and it's down there. So you can't go along to it, but um, it, that'll be a real test. If we can be competitive against them, then uh, recruiters will start sitting up and taking notice. Yeah, well, hopefully we the boys power along. I was looking at the ladder. They're sitting second on the ladder. For some reason in that league, they're giving a draw six points. So you get more points uh, for a draw than you do for a win. So that baffles me a bit, but the Suns the, should be on yeah. top. No, it's not right. It was, um, for starters, the Suns have only played three games and they're undefeated. So you'll notice that the team on top has played more games but yeah, the, it's, the ladder it's, uh, I was looking at looking at said they'd played three games, two wins and one draw, and they were on fourteen points. So yeah, either that's done, wrong, yeah. or they're yeah. giving out six six points for a draw. Yeah. I can't figure that one out. But this was from uh, the uh, actual NAB League website. Yeah, they're possibly giving uh, four points for a buy uh, because it is the end of round four. The Suns play the first. Play rounds two to six. Yeah, you could so, be right there. If it's four points for a buy, that would make a lot of sense. All right. Well, yeah. let's move on to the NEFL results. Um, this one was available on YouTube, as we mentioned in previous episodes. And if you're also able to get to Metricon a few hours earlier, you would have been able to watch the Gold Coast Suns 2 take on the Sydney Swans 2. So it was a... There were moments the Gold Coast Suns looked really good, but for a majority of it, Sydney dominated. Sydney were on top and just controlled the game. Uh, the Suns got off to a slow start in the first quarter and came home really strong in that second quarter to actually be up in front by a couple of goals at half halftime. Uh, we saw Corbett kick three goals in that second quarter, and he also had a match-high 10 marks and you know looked really good. The only thing I'll say with Corbett, from what I watched of the game on YouTube, I thought he his defensive efforts and his running without the ball was a bit slow. And because of that alone, I don't think he's going to get a walk-up start to the, to the senior side. Um, George Holland-Smith had 32 disposals, 9 clearances, and really stood out as one of the few Suns players out there that knew how to play. Uh, a lot of his possessions actually went to you know, open space because he was expecting a player to be there. Mm. And that 
you'll notice if you're watching, pay attention to the VFL leagues and the Sandful, when you've got experienced AFL players playing in that league, they're putting the ball out to where a player should be and you just notice around them that there's not enough players with that awareness and that knowledge to get to that right spot. So I thought George Holland-Smith was a real standout and probably needs to be back in our senior side as soon as possible. Um, and Callum Archie had 24 disposals, 9 rebound 50s. He looked really good. Uh, again, I still think he needs a bit more time in the reserves. He's missed a lot of football. But yeah, after a slow start, he came home quite well and looked pretty good in that game. What are your thoughts from it, Tom? Yeah, I agree on Archie. He he did look good and um, do not know why he missed a few weeks, but, um, you know, good on him. He's back. And Archie doesn't miss much when he, when he, when he comes back from, from injury or he, he's previously had personal um, uh, leave as well. So um, he's too talented to stay out of the top team for a long time. And even just, you know, you know second-tier game, Without any, he hasn't played for a month, and he just came out and, and tore it up for in patches. Needs to probably put in a four quarter performance and 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 really um, follow through. Like as you said, he, he sort of seems to be a bit too classy for his teammates. Well, you know that's that's not good enough. That's that's just sort of in a way making a bit of an excuse. Another player who wasn't mentioned there who did really well was Brad Shear. Um, at this stage, I have to say Shea is uh, a, a, a tiptoe in front of of uh, Will Brody. Both of them were very, very good. Um, it's just that Shea seems to be um, just just doing all the things right. Um, those those in the know who are close to him said he was pretty peed off over the summer at being delisted and then and then then put on the rookie list. And he really took it personally. And instead of getting a chip on his shoulder, he just trained and trained and trained. He's fit as a ball, running forward, running backwards, doing all the things that need that need to be done. As is Will Brody. Not not a knock on him. It's just we are doing just very well with these young young midfielders. And if anything happens in, I mean, look, they're they're going up against Swallow. Um, Miller and Fiorini for a spot. <laughs> you know they're not going to dislodge one of those guys anytime soon. Um, but it's good to know we've got that depth and they're developing in there. Um, the one other player that I w- want to mention, and I, I have made this prophecy many, many moons ago, that Andrew Swallow would play Neefel for the Suns, and lo and behold. A Swallow playing in number 24, which is familiar for a Swallow. Uh, on the Nefal app, it was D Swallow for a while. <laughs> uh, they, they, uh, by the end of the game, they managed to change the initial. Uh, wearing his brother's jersey. Well, he certainly did look like a retired footballer, though, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Well, he was in the Nefal team of the year last year, so he, you know, it, it's been a, a graceful decline for him. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know whether they they want to um, let him out there on the on the on the pitch again. It wasn't it wasn't terrible, um, but as the match went on, you could you could see <laughs> you could see yeah he, he had a little bit of a dad bod going on, not too much, but um, yeah. Look, uh, if he if we need him, he's there. Good to know. Um, other clubs exploit that kind of thing quite often. So anyway, uh, it sounds like the cavalry's come back now. Um, should should uh, our injury list 
is not getting longer, it's getting shorter. And the Neffel boys, I thought, were the better team in every department, but they just haven't got that um, synchronicity. These guys are all just talented players all been thrown together. Um, they really need to um, to start <clears throat> getting a few of those connections. And they will. Um, still a quite a lot of inexperienced players in there. Um, King sort of looks a bit out of his element, uh, as does McLennan. Um, you know, we, we've still got Southport Reserves players making up the numbers. So we'll, well see how the boys go in, co- over the next couple, couple of weeks. A couple of players I just want to bring up as well. Uh, Tom Nichols looked really good in the ruck. And he got around the ground, got a lot of possessions and really provided target in the middle of the ground, uh, which was a good look. And I'm suddenly not as worried if Wits goes down and Tom Nichols is able to play like that. Um, and the other thing, with we've had a lot of discussion uh, with Will Brody and how he should be playing in the seniors. Watching him in the reserves... I am 100% confident the match committee and the coaching staff have made the right call with Will Brody. Watching him play, a lot of his possessions, he had about 30, were all sort of under pressure, hat kicks forward. And, you know, he's all right when he handballs, but when he kicks, he's just not hitting targets. He's not putting it into the right space for players to get onto it. And it, it doesn't look good. If he was to do that in, at the AFL level, then he'd be turning the ball over more than anyone else in the side. So I, I just think Will Brody really needs to work on that and we can't be bringing him in unless there's an injury and Swallow, Miller or um, Miles is out of the side because you know while he can get the ball and clear it, it... He's not very effective with the by foot and needs to focus on just handballing it out to others. What are your thoughts on that one, Tom? Yeah, it's been a knock on him for a while. Um, look, I, I don't think if we had him in the team at the expense of any of the guys you mentioned that we'd lose that game against Carlton because he would have brought a different dimension to the game perhaps that we needed. So I can see why people are screaming for him to come in. But another reason why people want him to come in is they worried that we'll lose him, that he'll that he'll you know do a scrimshaw. If if he's going to do that, I don't want him at the club, and I don't want to waste time. Have you been to Express lately? People can't get enough of their clothes. They're like instant confidence boosters. The jeans come in a temp control fabric that keeps you comfortable no matter the weather. And the t-shirts, hands down, they'll feel like they're made of the softest fabric you've ever worn. And get this, the suits have stretch and look sharp. Like what? How do they do that? Everyone's raving about the newest looks from Express. Just check out the five-star reviews. See for yourself and shop the latest at Express.com and in stores. I'm, I'm, I'm teaching him in, in first grade the lessons that he should be learning in, in the reserve grade. So, you know, over, over the two and a bit years, he's had a couple of injuries. He's had a, a few stretches of a few games at a time in the, in the top flight. Yes, he was looking great towards the end of last year, but we were losing do you know what I mean? Like, I think the guys played in one winning team for the Suns. So, yeah, he's not going to come back and immediately be a match winner. Um, let's see the Neefel team string a few wins together and let's see, 
W Brody getting you know best on ground a few weeks in a row, and then maybe the conversation will change. Yeah, I think that's important. I think seeing the Neeple team actually get some wins because while they've been competitive, they haven't been able to get the wins, and they've had too many lapses in concentration, which have resulted in losses. Um, we didn't actually say the scores for this game. Uh, Sydney one hundred and ten defeated the Suns seventy two. So it's turned out to be a bit of, bit of a blowout after half time. The Suns just didn't show up, and the coach Malcheski came out, and one of his notes was, you know, we can't expect to, to win a game if we only play a quarter of good footy. And that's essentially all that happened. Mm. Um, it was only the second quarter worth watching. So, yeah, if you're looking to check out the highlights for the Neeful game, maybe just don't watch the whole thing. Look for the highlights or just watch that second quarter. All right, well, it's time to move on to the main event, Gold Coast Suns first Carlton. Gold Coast Suns defeated Carlton 59-57, to so we won by two points. Um, goal kickers, Sexton kicked two goals, so did Holman. Uh, my best on ground was Miller, 31 disposals, 6 marks, 14 tackles and 22 pressure acts. He turned the ball over a bit, but just his determination to get in there and create a contest really halted Carlton, especially in that first quarter. I thought the Suns' pressure and intensity at the ball and in the midfield was a huge factor in us. Well, we didn't dominate that first quarter, but it went a long way to getting the, the couple of goal lead that we needed going into the quarter time. Mm, yeah, look, it was an interesting game, wasn't it? It was, it was one of those games where you you watch the the previous week on TV and you sort of see it in a certain light, and then you're at the game and then you're seeing things so differently because the camera angles are removed and and you're in it and you're feeling it. Gee, it was a great crowd. They they were really into it, and, and Carl, there were plenty of blue supporters. So it was it was sort of an interesting game in that respect, and. At times, the Blues supporters were very, very vocal and seemed to be drowning out the Suns. But as the game wore on, it was just the crowd was just lifting the roof, weren't they? Yeah, Suns supporters have shown a tendency to uh, come alive when the game's on the line, and that usually happens in the last third or in the third or the fourth quarter. And mm. that, that's yeah, it's been a trend so far this year. Uh, the crowds have been great. We had about fourteen and a half thousand there this year for this game, I think. So mm. I, was, I was hoping for, for more. But considering we've only got around 10,000 members at the moment, um, I think it's a good result. The, yeah. the Suns are doing quite well, trying to build uh, support and confidence by the fans in the club. And the performances they're putting in are going a long way to attracting old fans and new fans alike. Yes, yes. I did notice that a lot of people on social media were sort of saying, Sons, you've just won a new supporter and, you know, oh, it's been worth the wait and this this kind of stuff. So, yeah, winning over the, the, the disillusioned fans is a big thing, but getting new supporters and, and people who, you know, I mean, I, I say I don't like the people who, who, who barrack for two teams. If that's if you've got to do that, you've got to do it. <laughs> you know, um, I, I think it's a little bit like having a, a wife and a mistress. You know, choose. Um, but if the wife and the mistress were okay with it, well, then you know you don't have to. Um, maybe it's not like that. I'm, maybe it explains why I'm not married. <laughs> um, 
look, mate, I thought um, David Swallow was the best player by probably the only reason I say better player than Miller is his disposal efficiency was 83.3%. And he was just everywhere. 14 contested possessions, just just amazing. Just really standing up as a captain. Like, he was always good, but just him and, and I had wits for a, for a point. So Swallow 3, Miller 2, wits 1. And Witsy, he's also just that captaincy is just giving him an extra leg. He kicked a goal in the first quarter that last year he would have, he would have, he would have missed. You know, he, yeah. he's, doing, he's getting better with the things that are weaknesses in his game. And it's making him one of the best ruckmen in the comp. Yeah. Look, my 3-2-1, I went with Miller 3, Holman 2, and Wits 1. Now, I told, I spoke to you a lot about this after the game when you saw, <laughs> saw me with my precious Easter egg football. Um, <laughs> signed by Tuke Miller, so it's going to be a hot property item. I'd love to get Jack Bowe's signature on there. I might have to reach out to his old man and see what we can do. But... I, one thing's for sure, Every next time there's a Suns meet and greet, I'll be bringing that ball with me and a, a permanent marker and trying to get as many signatures on it as I can. <laughs> All right, but back to the football. After the game, I was talking to you about it. That was probably one of the worst games of football as a spectacle to watch that I can remember. That was my <laughs> thoughts after the game. Just, you know, it was kind of conflicting because... The emotion that was brought up from those final few minutes really sort of took over the rest of the game. But if I was to have a clear head, you know, we were kicking to opposition players directly. You know, mm. players would stop in traffic, try and weave around and get caught holding the ball, or in a lot of the case, because the umpiring was so terrible, not get caught holding the ball. Um, mm. Mm. But it's just that was because the forwards were pushing up the ground and they're not working hard enough to get back. Uh, I watched Two Meter Peter several times and he just looked so slow. He he wasn't yeah. getting around the ground as well as he, he normally does. Maybe he's carrying an injury. Maybe he's just tired. You know, was, I think it's it tiredness. I mean, he, he's chopping out in the ruck as well, don't forget. So Witsy will be ruck, 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 go and have a seat. And then two meter Peter, who's who's been running up and down like a madman this whole time, suddenly has to go down. And I mean, his hit outs, uh, three hit outs this week. Nineteen last week was was a superstar and, and kept us in the game all, all game with his hit outs chopping out. Did his role to perfection. Um, this time round, I mean, he kicked a wonderful goal early on, and then had a couple of misses that you can forgive them in isolation, but they were pressure. You know, there were times where we needed him to stand up. I'm, I'm not, um, I'm not convinced that he's doing badly. I just think he's getting double teamed a lot, and he's rooted. Like when he's going slow like that, it's not because he's unable to to, to be agile. We know he can be agile. Don't forget, the the last pass to win the game was Peter Wright getting the ball off the ground and giving it to Bosey. So. You know, he's. I, I just think he was rooted. By the end of the game, they're all rooted. So, that, so it's the great leveller, isn't it? You can see in the last term who who has the the the, the stamina and who has the just the the balls. You know, like guys on the other team, like like Daisy Thomas. 
he was just, you know, he was exhausted and he was desperate for his team to win. And I think it, the, probably the best part about the game is that the other side was desperate to win and they, they had this, they sniffed the blood in the air and they were really going after us and they were just stuffing up opportunity after opportunity and leaving us this tiny glimmer of hope, this little little crack of light in the doorway. <laughs> and then we, you know, we, we somehow, somehow finished the game in front. And I don't think we win that game last year. I think... Um, this new attitude, the, the, the don't ever give up attitude and how that was so frustrating in the first round to see that did they give up or did that, you know, why didn't we win? Well, the last three weeks we've won in every single situation. So it's frustrating to watch, but Jesus, three and one, uh, I would have been happy with one and three. Well, the Victorian media said that we've stolen pretty much every game we've played and won this year. This is yeah. the one that I actually think we did steal. I don't think the club's team decided to uh, deserve to win it. Uh, Peter Wright making stupid mistakes like dropping a mark in the goal square. Uh, Alex Sexton has a... While he's on fire at the moment kicking goals, that's all great, but he burns his, his teammates when he gets the ball in that forward 50. Jack Bowes was open. He could have kicked it to Jack Bowes late in that quarter, who could have kicked the sealer, you know, minutes before Cripps got another one back. Mm. Um, you know, that he, Sexton was the one that kicked that ball down to Wright. He was aiming... Sexton was no doubt aiming for goal. Wright just got in the way. Um, yeah. It happens so often. Sexton picks up the ball, turns around and goes straight for goal. Doesn't look for his teammates, and that's something which is disappointing, and I really hope he learns from that and learns to at least have one eye on his teammates uh, because you can't just blaze away for goal like that. Um, yeah, it, um, Jack Bowes got burnt a couple of times running into the goal square uh, with players kicking for goal and missing because um, that's Bosey's new role when he's not in the middle and, and tagging the, you know. I mean, you're right. How's, how's the Melbourne Melbourne media? All they could go on about the last two weeks is Bontepelli and Cripps <laughs> and the losers, <laughs> you know. And Jack Bowes is, is uh, well, let's let's look at that. So two weeks in a row we didn't get to, to unpack last, last week's game, but two weeks in a row Bowes has been the, the, the main curbing influence on the opposition's best player, we somehow win each game. Um, Fiorini deserves a bit of credit because he's getting the possessions as well as having the time sort of loosely tagging Bontempelli last week and Cripps this week. But someone who didn't get any credit for for it last week, and uh, I think you've acknowledged it this week, is Nick Holman. Nick Holman spent a bit of time on Cripps. And, and um, you know, it, it, you, when you're a hard tagger, you don't end up with lots of touches. Holman ended up with, with doing exactly what he needed to do. Yeah, I think he kicked 17 and two, uh, had 17 disposals, kicked two goals. Add to that the tackles that he normally has in the pressure acts. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm sitting there halfway through the fourth quarter watching the game live and I'm scratching my head trying to think, who am I going to pick for my <laughs> top three or my top five this week? Because... So many players had disappointed me. Peter Wright was disappointing to me. I even thought Jack Bowes and uh, Braden Fiorini were having quiet games and weren't having the impact that they should have. 
Um, and then players like Jack Martin getting caught holding the ball, doing stupid mm. mistakes like that. Um, you know, I just felt like our defence also sort of struggled to run the ball out. There were so many players I didn't feel were pulling their weight well enough, and there were just a lot of these... You know, I was looking to pick players uh, in that mid-range that were not not lifting the team up, but performing their role and performing it well. And those players I was looking at was Jesse Joyce. You know, he had 100% disposal efficiency for his 16 disposals, I think it was. Um, 12. 12. Uh, but still, he's, but still, he was 100% disposal efficiency. So 12 yeah. effective yeah. disposals. Yeah, and he did. He did exactly what he needed to do. He took five intercept marks. He his opponent didn't get over the top of him. He was spoiling. He's putting on the pressure, and 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 um, you know, for the first time I think ever, there's a big fat zero in the clanger column for Jesse Joyce, and it, good on him. You know, like he he got dropped well, on the eve of the season. What, what a way to celebrate fifty games! But yeah, and he and he's undefeated. This year, it's yeah. it's it's it's, it's uh, no Jesse, no joy for the Suns. Well, it's the same with Nick <laughs> Coleman as well. And like I'm saying, Nick Coleman, Darcy McPherson, um, these blokes, they're not going to be superstars. They're not going to win the game off their boot, but they're going to contribute and they're going to do their job and do it well. And they're the foot sort of blokes I want at our footy club. And mm. a lot of the other blokes, I just think they, they didn't stand up to their, to their expectations. So, I, like I said, I went with Miller. I thought his attack on the ball, especially in that first quarter, he had nine uh, tackles in that first quarter, which is a, a record for the Suns for amount of tackles in a quarter. You know, I thought Wits was fantastic around the ground. He's been the best ruckman this year, winning the hitouts. Uh, it's just a shame we haven't been able to capitalise on the centre clearances. But, you know, looking at the stats, I, I guess I'm taking away from this game from more of a positive point of view. Uh, we limited Carlton to 46 inside 50s, so that was a really good result. Mm. And kept Carlton to their uh, second lowest score, I think, or lowest mm. score for the year. I have these figures. Um, yeah, we've, we've got one of the best defences in the, in the comp. Um, and, it's, and it's a cobbled together defence with no Thompson and no May. Um, you know, even Harrison Wig was possibly going to be be in there. So it's um, bringing in bringing in guys through the trade and out of the state leagues and and uh, and seeing what we can make of them. And as it turns out, we can make one of the best defenses in the AFL. Yeah. So, I mean, there were positives to take out of it. We won the hitouts by fifteen plus. We won the clearances overall by five. We mm. lost the centre mm. clearances, but won the stoppages around the ground. And, mm. you know, we had these sort of highlights. Again, the I guess the resilience and the determination from the boys to dig deep in the final minutes of a game and get the ball rolling. Um, I mean, it helped that Carlton made some mistakes. But, you know, as you said, Peter Wright having the agility to get to the ground and dish out a handball. Jack Bowes having the... A speed to drop the ball onto his non-preferred foot, snap around <laughs> for a goal. Um, Ugliest winning goal I mean, ever. <laughs> and that, that all started with Wits winning the hit out and tapping yeah. it down to the ground level for our Suns mids to get to it. Um, and every single player in the Suns team trying to kick a goal until eventually Bose did 
Two things I want to say about this game before we go on to the end of the show. I, I've always looked at stats at the end of the game and, and, and I look down the bottom and I see who hasn't got stats in the double figures and then why. And often it's, it's you know, key defenders like Jack Hompsch and I look at him and go, okay, he's got good disposal efficiency, lots of one percenters. Did he really – is there anything about his game that was, was off? Well, he did spend a bit of time on the bench, but other than that, he was, you know, staunch. Will Powell, knocked out of the game. So those those are two guys who've got the, the, the least possessions. And then the next two guys up, Chris Burgess and Jack Lacocious, have got identical statistics, six possessions each, three kicks, three handballs each, two effective disposals each. One or both of them has got to go down. He's let, they're, they're letting down Wright. Wright can't get... Wright's getting double teamed. He's running around like a maniac. Burgess with his one-handers. Lukosius just isn't used to the pace of the game, and he's not getting better. So yeah. I think we've got a couple of couple of big decisions to make, but it's not up to you and me, unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> those two are definitely on the chopping block. I think one of them will be lucky enough to survive a week and play in front of their hometown. Um, mm, yeah, Sunday. that's good. a really good point, isn't it? But, maybe they'll... Maybe they'll escape. Maybe they'll get given. Maybe it'll be an all SA attack next week. We'll maybe. bring it, put put Peter Wright on the bench and bring in Sam Day. Bring back bring back uh, Holland Smith. What what other South Australians? Rankin comes back from a from early from his injury. <laughs> all right. Well, before we move on, let's finish up with the match hot water performance moment of the week. Lucky Weller, what a performance! And I think it goes without saying it is the Jack Bowes non-preferred snap for goal, which won the Suns the game. So congratulations, Jack Bowes. Yeah, legend. Um, legend. 20, he's 21. Imagine what he's going to be like when he's 24, 25, getting this same same sort of headlines as Cripps and 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 uh, and, and, and Bontempelia. All right. Um, he's worth it. Well, let's. We've only got a few minutes, so we'll quickly run over the injury list, which has just come out. Braden Crossley, hamstring, one to two weeks. Corey Ellis, ankle, four to five weeks. Jack Homsch, elbow test. Sean Lemons, ankle test. Will Powell, concussion test. Isaac Rankin, hamstring, one to three weeks. Rory Thompson, knee for the season. Harrison Wig, knee season. And Lockie Weller, hamstring, TBC. So, a bit concerning with Lockie Weller with being listed as TBC. It's probably doubtful that he comes in this week. So, who are we looking to bring in? Well, I think George Hall and Smith. And mm. if we drop Day, uh, drop Lukosius or Burgess, I think it's going to have to be between Day and Corbett. Do you mm. think Brody or Archie pushes anyone out of the side? Sheer Brody Archie would be, be deserving. They might even pull a huge surprise and and, and drag out Richetelli, uh, which they you know they did last year. Um, yeah, look, that one's that one's going to be a mystery this week. Very hard. I don't think it's going to be a horses for courses. I, I like um, it would be easy to say bring in Archie for Powell because they're quite similar players, but I don't know if it's as easy as that because Holland Smith's just demanding uh, with his quality of play to get in there. Day kicked five last week, one this week. 
you know, no one else is kicking bags in in the in the AFL team. So I don't know. I, I just I think that he's uh, don't know why they've got him in in the NFL to be to be honest. But anyway, well, it's just me. The Suns play the Crows on Easter Sunday. Now, I think the Suns need to nullify the Adelaide midfield. They're full of hard mm. bodies, so we do mm. need a player like George Hall and Smith coming into the squad to provide that support. Um, their defence is very strong, so our forwards are really going to need to pressure them and keep them accountable. Mm. And I think our forward line needs to take chances when presented. Uh, yeah. Burgess, Lacocious, if they're playing, they need to kick a goal. They need to provide a target and hit the scoreboard when it counts. So too does Peter Wright, who's been out of form lately. All right, well, any closing points for you, Tom? Um, I, I, I wanted just to make that that distinction between Carlton and, and the Gold Coast. So so the the Setterfield gets two weeks for, for knocking out Will Powell, and Powell doesn't even get a free kick. Not that he could have taken it, um, and and um, and then Wits comes in a bit late, and and Walsh gets a, a fifty meter penalty, and then Cripps comes in with his leading with his knees, and smashes into Wits, and they don't even reverse the kick. So that was our game, that was our cross to bear. That can't keep happening. I, I hope the club will be asking for a few please explains because the umpiring was atrocious. Uh, I think the umpiring around the entire league has been atrocious lately. All right, well, that's it for us. Thanks for joining us. I'm Shane. You're Tom. Go Suns. Go Suns. Want to hear something amazing? Oh, and feel free to tell your friends too. So, Kohl's, they're having a huge sale on summer stuff. And if you live for sunny days like I do, you need to check it out. I got 40% off a new patio set, Food Network grilling essentials for 20% off, and 50% off those yard games my kids won't stop talking about. Best part? I got an extra $10 off and some Kohl's cash. It almost makes being cooped up all winter worth it. Almost. Select styles 10 off 25 offer valid May 27th through 31st. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. Have you been to Express lately? People can't get enough of their clothes. They're like insta-confidence boosters. The jeans come in a temp-control fabric that keeps you comfortable no matter the weather. And the t-shirts, hands down, they'll feel like they're made of the softest fabric you've ever worn. And get this, the suits have stretch and look sharp. Like, what? How do they do that? Everyone's raving about the newest looks from Express. Just check out the five-star reviews. See for yourself and shop the latest at Express.com and in stores.